Welcome to Relationships Turned On. I'm your host, Laura Press, marriage and relationship counsellor. I believe relationships can be fixed and you deserve to have a connected and loving relationship. I give you the tools, strategies and insights so you can have a world-class relationship. So excited for this interview today. Caitlin is from Childwise and she's a parent coach and ex-early childhood teacher and I was really excited to have this conversation because I know how much uh, my audience would benefit from (laughs) diving into all things parenting and how you can be the best parent for your child. So thank you so much for being here, Caitlin. Oh, thank you for having me, Laura. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, before we sort of dive into the nitty gritty of it, I just thought I'd get you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, why you got into this line of work and you know why it means so much to you. Sure. So I've pretty much always had a, a passion for young children, uh, you know, even as a, as a young girl. Um, and I, I suppose I took the obvious career path of becoming an early childhood teacher sort of straight out of high school and got my Bachelor of Ed in, in early childhood. Um, I lived in Brisbane at the time. Uh, then I headed off on my OE and worked in, you know, schools in, in the UK. Um, met my husband. He brought me here to New Zealand um, and I took a, a permanent job as a kindergarten teacher then. But one of the things that really frustrated me when I was teaching is that, you know, we could do all sorts of great things with the kids while they were in our care at kindy. And then they were going home to really different, often really different ways of being with the adults in their home. And often parents would come in and and just, you know, they'd be a bit confused. They're like, why do they cooperate with you you here and listen to you here and they won't at home? You know, what's mm-hmm. going on? And and I just, I loved those conversations. I loved being able to kind of support parents and, and talk to them about what we were doing and how they could try things at home. But there was just always so little time, you know, in the, in the drop-off and pick-up rush um really little time to have those conversations so I ended up leaving kindergarten to actually become a parent educator for Bernardo's which I think you have in Australia as well um and it was a great program and I just go around visiting parents and and sort of support them once a month um from when their children were babies right up until they were three uh, and then I had my own kids and that was probably yeah. my most <laughs> intense and profound training um for sure <laughs> There were a lot of things like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> how could I have done that job without having had kids of my own? But um, it was an incredible experience because I actually found it really, really, really hard. Um, and, and it kind of surprised me how hard I did find it, even though, you know, I had lots of knowledge about child development and things like that, you know, that that kind of didn't seem to be enough to um make life easier with kids so um when my so I had one um one little boy four years later I had my second little boy and when he was about two I sort of started to think about coming back to work but the program I'd worked in with Bernardo's didn't exist anymore uh so yeah I set up my own I've trained to be a did you did my parent coach training and set up my own little business um and then Childwise was born so yeah yeah amazing amazing and I like how you said that you know, it was once you had your own kids, that was a whole nother learning curve, right? So other people's kids is one thing, but your own is a whole nother, I guess, kettle of fish, right? Totally, because you can't hide anything, you know, all of your triggers will come out. And I say the parent-child relationship is the most, uh, you know, you really can't escape, um, you know, what what passed with your kids. Yes, Absolutely. 
And so what do you find the main reasons are that parents are not listening, sorry, kids are not listening to their parents? I think three main reasons. I think the first is a lot of the time the level of brain development means they actually can't. Um, So especially if they're sort of under the age of seven, Mm. they're very much in the moment. You know, if if they're, you know, engaged in an intricate Lego creation, for example, and often parents are kind of calling from another room, you know, say it's a busy morning, they're calling from another room, come on, get your lunchbox, get your shoes on, get ready, get out the door, you know, and sort of shouting out three, four, five instructions all at once. Mm. A child of that age, their brain is just not yet able to, to switch, you know, to switch from concentrating on what they're actually doing and enjoying doing mm. um, to switch attention to what's being kind of shouted from another room so that can often be a big thing that's happening in homes um, and that's just a really a mechanical thing you know just coming up to your child and and being a bit closer to them and and giving them one instruction at a time you know and making sure you have their attention before you're giving them the instruction so that can be one thing yeah. the second yeah. thing that I see is that you're making a lot of demands rather than requests. So, you know, there's been studies done that show that kids get this ridiculous amount of just directives every day, basically get bossed around mm-hmm. every day, all day, every day, um, with very, very little opportunity to have their say. Uh, and we know, and I know you know through your work, Laura, that a very huge human need is autonomy, you know, yes, and we 100%. see that. When our kids turn about two, you know, <laughs> and all the no's come out and they have their own ideas about things. And and this is a really important developmental process. It's a really important developmental stage that this happens, even though it's hugely frustrating for parents, because it eventually leads to that individuation, you know, where they become their own little person and, and you know, eventually leave the nest. So yeah. it's important that we kind of meet that need for them. And often we don't in the way that we're communicating, we're just sort of telling them what to do all the time Mm -hmm. so a really simple thing we can do for that is is just give them some choice you know and a really powerful phrase which which comes from the um the field of non non non-violent communication is would you be willing you know just Mm -hmm. ask would you be willing to but the caveat with that is that you have to be prepared to hear a no so don't use that Yes, <laughs> but that one can go a long way to to just letting them feel like they have a choice in the matter, um, that they have some autonomy. Another idea is just to make descriptive statements so rather than telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. You're just telling them what's happening. So, for example, your socks are on the floor; they belong in the clothes basket, and then kind of just leaving a bit of space for them to actually make the choice around around what they're going to do I mean obviously there's times where things are non-negotiable there's time issues and all sorts but just those two little little things can go a long way to getting a bit more cooperation yeah they're really wonderful strategies and have you found that giving a choice of two things um, is helpful or is it a hindrance like for example you know the two things that maybe the two outcomes that you might want as a parent, you know, cleaning up your room or cleaning up the toy room. And I mean, maybe it's not as, 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 you know, chore orientated as that, but is that useful or is that a hindrance? I think it's hugely useful. And Mm. I think, um, I think children then come to expect that there's going to be room for them to have some say, you know, and and it might be a little bit of back and forth for a while. So, 
kind of this way of being as a parent, it can be a wee bit more time consuming at the start. Mm. What you're going to end up with is kids that are, are just more self-directed, you know, have their own self-discipline. You know, they know they can make choices. They've thought about the why. I mean, and that's the other reason. That was the third thing I was going to say about why kids don't listen is that they're just not on board with the why they're being asked to do something. Yes. You know, yeah. children, all humans need to have a really good reason to do things. And if we're just telling them what to do all the time with no reason behind it, they're just, you know, they're just going to feel bossed around all the time. So, um, so yeah, I think giving them that choice. Also, talk, I'll talk a lot with my families about getting really clear on your values and sharing those with your children. So, for example, if, you know, respect is something that you value as a family, you can really help your kids to understand what that means, mm. um, you know, through lots of conversations outside the the tricky moments um so then you've got that as a fallback you know it's like remember we all thought that respect is really important in our in our family so mm. part of that is being respectful of our things and putting them where they belong yeah amazing and I think you know I can see it with my own kids you know my eldest she's only eight but you know I'll she'll have a little bit more autonomy she's um homeschooled at the moment so you know right. she, she'll negotiate and I'll be like yes well if we do extra today you can have tomorrow up and that kind of thing but it gives them a sense of responsibility I don't know if you found this or what your thoughts are around this but I find that there's like there's some type of ownership as opposed to well that stuff that mum tells me to do or dad tells me to do it's like yeah no this is mine like and I can let's talk about it and we sort of work it out together have you found that it gives them that sense of responsibility Absolutely. Yes. That sense of responsibility, that sense of, um, like you said, ownership that actually they're in charge of this, you know, it's, yeah. it's not just them, you know, and, and it's a power dynamic because often we'll just end up in these power struggles. And when yes. we kind of step back a bit, we're like, oh my goodness, I'm arguing with a three-year-old about a sock on the floor. You know? Yes, for sure. I know. <laughs> the bigger picture of things and what you're talking about there, that negotiation you know, long term, that's going to mean she has those skills. She has the skills to be assertive about what she she wants and what she believes, you know, and we kind of sometimes we aim for obedience as parents, but long term obedience is sometimes not the best thing for an adult, you know. I don't know about you, but I want yes. to have kids that you know, question things and uh, yes, I do. <laughs> and kind of have solid values of their own and 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 stand up for what they believe in. So yes. those yes. skills I think are started really, really early on. I think that's so interesting that you talk about that. It's like, you know, I think as parents we focus very much on, okay, well, this is where we're at now. They're this age, like this is what we need to get them to do now without really because of life, right? Because life's so busy, it's chaotic often, <laughs> you know, we're running in a thousand directions and we forget to go and look at, hey, like, you know, what is that actually going to mean for them when they're an adult? Are they going to be autonomous? Are they going to be independent? Are they going to be free thinkers? Are they going to be like courageous? And and I think that's just such an important point that is not really looked at or addressed often. I don't know. Do you find that? Yes, I absolutely agree because I, I, I don't know. I think there's this kind of unconscious thinking that suddenly they turn 18 and a, and a switch is flicked yes <laughs> yes it, it, I see that a lot yes <laughs> yeah. um you know but it's not our brains develop especially you know our early years really two to seven are the years where our, our internal beliefs yeah. really yeah. develop I mean they can be changed at any time through life but it's a lot harder we've got this window of opportunity when they're quite small yeah 
to instill some really powerful and life-supporting beliefs in them. Um, and we do that through our everyday interactions. Beautiful, beautiful. So what are the top mistakes you see parents making when trying to discipline their children? Okay, so I think one of like what we've just talked about, mm. that kind of trying to gain obedience. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that short-term kind of like I just want them to when 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 parents say I just want them to listen to me, really what they're saying is I just want them to do what I want them to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think that focusing on the long on the short term is mm-hmm. is a is a mistake because we will end up turning to things like punishments and rewards, which yes, we'll get the compliance short term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but long term where we're using like an extrinsic motivation for them. You know, we're not really doing what is the true meaning of discipline, which is to teach and to guide, you know, for the for the long term vision. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's a definitely a mistake. Uh what else? I think um trying to control their children rather than themselves. So this was a key for me, you know, when I did have my own kids and, and when I learned about this idea of conscious parenting is that just the message that you can never control anything except for yourself. Yes, <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> our heads against a wall trying to control our children where we're looking, no, but when we turn the, turn the lens around and look at ourselves and look at how our reactions, how our communication, how what's going on in us is contributing to mm. how our children are behaving. Really, it's it's one of the biggest contributors to how our children behave. You know, it, we get the power back. We we feel empowered as a parent when we can can change the things that actually are within our control. Um, yeah, and I think the third thing probably that's a mistake is just having way too high expectations of their little ones for their level of brain development. I think culturally there are really incorrect um, messages out there about what children are capable of at, at ridiculously young ages. Yes. And it just, it just doesn't fit with biology. You know, it's, it's not a airy fairy way of parenting. It's like, let's look at the science. Let's look at the, at the brain studies that have been done. And we, we know so much more than we ever did, you know, a generation ago about what their brains are doing. And yeah. Capable of. yeah. 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 Wonderful. And I think, I mean, this is a, a basic example, but I, n- I noticed that people will talk to, say, two or three or four-year-olds in metaphors, and it's like they don't get that. <laughs> they do not understand what you're saying. Like they literally think if they're like, oh, I'm going to clip you around the ear, like and that's just a saying or whatever, it's like, oh, my gosh, something's going to happen to me. Like, you know, like and, you know, or using really descriptive language to explain something, but it's like, no, no, that's not what I really mean. It's a metaphor. It's like they don't get that. They think exactly. you're literal. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, I see that a lot. Yes, or using very vague language like be nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, what does be nice mean? Yeah. What does that mean, you know, and, and we're expecting them to know. And, you know, I use the example of respect again. That's an fascinating one to unpack because, yeah. so, you know, we expect respect from our children, but they don't know what that is. And often it gets really mixed up with, with our own experience of of our parents saying you will respect me and it was it was really tangled up with with fear punishment all of that sort of stuff so so do you suggest you model respect or do you just suggest that you discuss it or a combination or all of that you know yeah. make it really transparent make it really like really label the words because they're learning language you know from 
from day dot, really, um, if we can point out examples of where respect is, where they've been respected, like, oh, you like it when I yeah. ask you before I give you a cuddle, that's being respectful, hey. So exactly. just using those words coupled with an experience is how they develop those concepts. Yeah, beautiful. Now, I know we've touched probably on a lot of tips already. <laughs> you have definitely gone through a lot, so that's wonderful. Um, but do you have any others that you would like to share around parents creating you know, a loving relationship with their child, you know, while ensuring that there's still that behavior and discipline. Because I think, well, I don't know, but personally, sometimes when I read sometimes some conscious parenting things, it can seem like the, oh, just say yes, you know, just, yes. just, yes, do what you want, you know, like, and I know it's not, but sometimes it can come across that way. And I guess it's that balance because you, you do need both. I mean, is that what you, you think as well? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a huge misconception mm -hmm. that's out there about this idea of conscious parenting or gentle parenting mm -hmm. is that we're just we're just permissive. Mm -hmm. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth. I think to be a conscious parent means that you've actually spent some time getting really clear. And if you're in a partnership, like preferably with your partner, on on what are your values. And then your boundaries are based on those. So your values don't change. They don't budge, you know, yeah. but we have realistic expectations that our children are going to take a really long time to learn them because of their brain, you know, because where they're at, they need to be able to make mistakes. They need to have a supportive parent rather than a parent that has too high expectations and then go straight to punishment when those expectations aren't met yeah. so it's it's really this idea of, of we're teaching our children and we're supporting them and when they make mistakes we're going to help them through that you know mm -hmm. we're not kind of going to going to prevent them from the consequences of life but we're going to support them through their learning yeah. so so yeah I think empathy is a massive one for um for really creating that loving relationship while still nurturing their child is is you know kind of learning the 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 behaviors that you want to see you know it's like when they make a mistake yeah that was hard you know that was tough and we're going to try it again next time so that I mean we all we know as adults we learn so much better when we have a teacher that is supportive encouraging lets us make mistakes you know we don't yes, do well yes. in our environment. Say we had a boss that <laughs> just wants to no, do. You shut down and switch off, right? Exactly. So children are, you know, even more sensitive to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know that there are a lot of parents that actually disagree on the way to parent and discipline their child. How would you suggest that they actually reconcile that and get on the same page? Because obviously it can be quite confusing when they're on two different pages trying to parent the one child or multiple children. Absolutely. So I think the first thing uh, is really to be able to sit down with your partner, set aside some time and really get clear on your long-term vision for your family. And I've talked a lot about values today, you know, that, that vision and the values. What are the things that we want our kids to, to learn, you know, when they're adults? to be embodying when they're adults. So this can be a fascinating exercise to do. You know, I often give my clients a, a list of values, mm. um, certainly not exhaustive, but get them to go away and separately kind of choose 10 um, that are things they feel are really important and then come together with their partner and see where there are matches. And, you know, I did this exercise with my husband and we only had three that were yeah. in <laughs> You know, but it can be so fascinating. You learn a lot about your partner, but we've got these three things that we both 
truly believe are super important. So mm-hmm. that's your place to start, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can build a vision of, of where you're heading, um, you know, and write it down. Imagine it. Get get really clear on what you want long term. You can do five years, 10 years, whatever, whatever it is. But if you're on the same page with that vision, if you know where you're heading, mm-hmm. then the kind of how to get there it becomes a lot clearer, I think. And you are going to have different styles. You're two different, completely different individuals with different backgrounds. You're bringing all sorts to yeah, this yeah. parenting game. Uh, but if you're heading in the same direction, you know, I think it's fine to do things differently mm. as long as your why is 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 on the same. Yeah, page. I think that's so important, like incredibly important. Do you display like your values in your home or is it more something you just talk about or? We do. Yes, we yeah. do. We, we actually read, need to redo it soon. <laughs> we have got a poster up in the kitchen. Yes. Um, we refer to it all the time when we have, mm, dinner, like that. we have dinner together. That's another thing I think is, is a really valuable um, thing mm-hmm. to do as a family. Uh, and we chat about it. We do a little game called High Low Hero where we talk about our high point of the day, our low point of the day and how we were a hero. And often that hero point is referring back to the values you know how did you use respect in your day how how did you care for someone in your day so it's Mm. constant it's that constant repetition because that's how brains learn they need that repetition to really cement those values Mm, I love that that is so 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 good that is I think that would be such a valuable um you know daily or weekly you know as, as many times you can get it in you know thing for people to do because I think as well as you mentioned it's very easy to go away from not having dinner together as a family as well with how, you know, people, you know, work and kids and school and everything. And I think definitely bringing that back so important, isn't it? And then I love how you linked it to values and having that little, ex- like that little fun game with them. That's amazing. They love it. They are, if we forget, they ask for it. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're in trouble if they forget. <laughs> exactly. And everyone gets a turn to speak. Everyone's voice is heard. It's, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. That's beautiful. And so I know you talk about leadership teams in your work. Can you tell us what you mean by that? So yeah, if we think of as a, if we think of a family as we would any organization of mm-hmm. humans, you know, there needs to be a leadership team in order mm-hmm. for for the organization to function well. You know, things don't go really well if if there's no one kind of in charge, I suppose. Um, so as the parents in your family organization, you you really need to be that team. So when issues come up, when there's there's problems that are kind of maybe ongoing, it's so important to be able to come together as that team, preferably away from your children, and make some time to really talk about it. And that's where having that vision, having those values kind of cemented really comes into play because it's like, okay, this is where we're going. This is what is happening right now. Like, where's the gap? What are we going to put in place here to to get back on track to head towards this place that we want to go? And mm. you know, if you can sit down together and kind of just do some problem solving around that, that you know, you're going to have different things that you bring to how you're going to meet that problem. Yeah, but you're yeah. the you're the leadership team, so then you can come back and you're, you know, the kids are going to get the same message. Where if you haven't done that work, if you just kind of listen, don't know what to do, and listen once it's going to be really for the kids because they, they're probably going to get different messages from either of you and this is where you see kids playing one off another all of our dynamic comes so yeah I just really recommend kind of that perspective of yourselves as the parents mm. you know you're the ones that that are leading the the team 
yeah, I think again another invaluable, you know, and it's it's invaluable to have valuable to have it as top of mind as well. I think that you two are the leadership team of your family, and sometimes that can go by the wayside as well. So I think it's really important. Now, look, we've covered so many things. There's been so many amazing tips. Um, what, if anything, like what would the top three takeaway messages be for the listeners today? Like what would you be the top three things? I think probably that one of four, you can only ever control yourself, not your mm-hmm. kids or really anything much else. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing is probably always willing to get curious when things aren't working like so we kind of go into this resistance mode and want to um often mm. but rather than okay what's going on here what is actually underneath behavior what's you know, what's really at play here getting clear on exactly what the thing is so getting curious yes the yes. third thing which i've talked about a lot is just getting clear on that on that vision and the value for your family because i think it's such a foundational thing mm. um she you know for you as a as a partnership yeah, amazing. And is there anything else like you'd like to add before we finish up today? Um, anything we didn't cover? I mean, I think we covered so much. Did yeah. yeah. I mean, I could I could go on all day, Laura. But I know, and and yeah, there's just so many amazing things. I'll be taking some, and you know, applying them to my family as well. And I mean, it's really good to reflect upon sometimes as well. Just having that time and space to really think about it and to pull back and and uh, I guess look you know look in I guess as opposed to being in it all the time it's really important absolutely and I think that's where having some something like a parent coach can be so valuable because it is someone on the outside looking in you know you're not in luck yeah yeah absolutely and so where um, can we find out more about you and your work um is it what's the best place so we're going to link it all the information in the show notes as well but is there you know a main place you hang out? Sure. So my so my my website is just www.childwise.nz. So you can find all the links there. Yes. Uh, my Insta is Caitlin underscore Childwise. Facebook is just Childwise, capital C, capital W, but all the links will be there. I also have a free community if people are interested in that um, to come on board. And we do a monthly chat on all kinds of various topics there. That's, that's all free. So, um, you know, if you're just looking for a place to come and get some some support that's there for you as well definitely go and check out all of caitlin's links join the community i just don't think you can have enough support as a parent honestly (laughs) um you're throwing so many curveballs and the seasons change rapidly and fast (laughs) you're always um yeah there's always something new right so absolutely just when you think you've got it all sorted (laughs) as soon as you have that thought pretty much the next day it is different (laughs) a hundred percent yeah thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of those amazing nuggets of wisdom I really appreciate it um and yeah all the information will be in the show notes so please go and check out Caitlin's amazing work thank you so much Caitlin thanks so much for having me Laura